Today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. I see something happening this year in the body of Christ with consistent believers. All that sowing you've been doing, all that giving you've been doing, all that blessing you've been doing, you've been penetrating the pinata, so to speak, and there is a divine flow that is going to produce maximum results and the highest level attainable. So just keep at it. Don't give up. This is your year for it. So give the Lord your best shout. Hallelujah. My dad and I built race cars. We hauled them all over Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas. And, and, and racing was in my blood because that's what my dad did. I loved speed, okay? And not only that, where cars was concerned, my dad put me on the back of his 1957 Harley Davidson when I was just a little boy. And I told him, as soon as I get big enough, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I'm going to ride motorcycles and own fast cars. My dad worked for General Motors, 1953. General Motors came out, Chevrolet division came out with a Corvette. My dad was a Corvette specialist. And the, the General Motors sent a 53 Corvette home with my dad. I was uh, uh, in, in grade school. I came home one day and that 53 polo white and red interior Corvette was sitting in the back of my, in, in my dad's garage at the back of the house. When I walked up to that, I saw that. I thought, whoo boy, I'm going to drive these one day. I told my dad, I said, is this ours? He said, no, uh, they sent it home with me. My assignment is to wreck it and rebuild it and, and work on it till I can do it in my sleep. I actually saw my dad take that car out and drive it right into a tree and wreck it. Now they're fiberglass and not many body men knew back then how to work fiberglass. So my dad became a Corvette specialist and he'd wreck it, he'd rebuild it, wreck it again, rebuild it, overhaul it. I mean, what my dad didn't know about Corvettes, they hadn't invented yet. And so every year when, when, uh, the Corvette would come out. My dad worked for Howard Crumley Chevrolet in Shreveport, Louisiana. And every year when the new Corvette came out, Mr. Crumley, he knew how much I liked Corvettes. He'd tell my dad, he'd say, bring Jerry up the new Corvettes here. It's in the showroom. And my dad would take me up there and, and Mr. Crumley say, Jerry, you sit in the driver's seat and he sat next to me. And he'd say, can you see yourself driving one of these someday? I said, yes, sir, I can. As soon as I get old enough, that's what I'm going to drive. I've been driving Corvettes since I was 16 years old. There was only one period of time I didn't have a Corvette, and that was when I went in the ministry because I gave it up. <laughs> See, that was my God. Speed was my God. Motorcycles was my God. Everything fast was my God. And I gave all that up. And God didn't make me do that. I chose to do it because I wanted him to know that now he's first place in my life. Yes. See, I believe I qualified according to this verse. No man has left something, but he shall receive. 
Amen. I walked away from all that. I never went to another race. I never picked up another hot rod magazine. I, I, I never went to a classic car show. And that was my life from a little boy. That's the way I lived all my life. That's one of the reasons I loved Kent so much, your yeah. husband. Yeah. He, he was a man's man. Yeah. And he and, I, he and I talk about cars a lot yes. when, we'd, when we'd visit. Yep. Amen. But I was willing to give all that up to serve the Lord. And I, I went with God full blast, wide open, no turning back. Amen. And I've treated giving the same way, full blast, no turning back. Whatever God wants me to give, I give. If he didn't tell me to give, I give anyway. Yeah. I live to give. Sure. Amen. Yes. It's my life. That's good, sir. Uh, when the Bible talks about a sower, it's talking about a lifestyle. Amen. It's not talking about somebody that plants some tomato plants in their flower bed just so they can have some tomatoes. Nobody comes to your house and says, I didn't know you were a farmer. That didn't make you a farmer because you got tomato plants in your flower bed. No more than you got law books in your library makes you a lawyer. No more than you going out the airport and looking at airplanes and people think you're a pilot. Sowers sow. That's what they do. Amen. They sow. It's life with them. And here Jesus is talking about a committed life. Can you say amen? amen. He's talking about a committed life. He's talking about a person that is willing to do anything he asks them to do without reservation, without hesitation. Amen. amen. That's good, sir. Now, if you remember this rich young ruler, when Jesus told him what to do, he couldn't do it. And the Bible says he walked away grieved at that saying because he had much. Well, read between the lines. No, his much had him. That's the truth, right there. See, if you can't give something that God's blessed you with, then you don't have it, it has you. Amen. This is, this is a man that Jesus is talking about that it's a lifestyle commitment or a commitment for life. Now, I wrote down in my notes, he's talking about a deeply committed person. They're so committed, they're willing to give everything that God would ask them to give for his sake or for the gospels. No reservations, no hesitations. They live to give. They get up every day looking for an opportunity to give, looking for an opportunity to be a blessing. You know, I, I like to have what I call a sensitive ear. And a lot of times I get around people and, and they say something. Now, I don't like to be conned. And that was not this person's intention where they're just telling me something. Like for instance, uh, I was asked to come to this church to do a dedication and I'm sitting on the front row and uh, the pastor said, now before Brother Jerry comes, uh, we want to show a video 
of the history of our church. Many of you are here that were here from the beginning. And then as soon as Brother Jerry comes up, uh, as soon as this video is over, Brother Jerry's coming up. And he turned to me and said, Brother Jerry, we just want you to know you're an answer to our prayer today. We've been believing God for you to come and do this dedication. So thank you for being here. And uh, so they showed the video. And as soon as the video was over, he asked me to come up. And he said, now, Brother Jerry, before you preach, I want to lead our church in a confession that we've been confessing all year long. And he led them in a confession that their church was paid off. And when he said that, man, my heart leaped within me. Carol and I had just said the day before, Lord, lead us to a church that we can pay the mortgage off. And the next day, when I heard that pastor lead that congregation into that confession, the Lord said, here it is. I said, pastor, you said I was an answer to your prayer. You're an answer to my prayer. He said, how's that? I said, I prayed yesterday, Carol and I prayed yesterday that God would lead us to a church that we could pay the mortgage off. How much do you owe? He told me, I said, you'll get a check tomorrow in the mail. Praise God. Amen. So we, we have a listening ear. I don't know how many times Brother Copeland, myself, Brother Jesse uh, have been Dennis from time to time, uh, not on the international meetings, but motorcycle trips and so forth, where, where we would go to eat and somebody would just say something and it would trigger a response from all of us. I want to sow into this person's life. I want to sow into this person's life. You just, you just get up every day declaring, I have a sensitive ear. I have a, I have a sensitive spirit. Lord, show me where I can be a blessing today. Amen. This is the kind of person that Jesus is talking about that is entitled to a hundredfold. Yes. Maximum. Highest level attainable. Now, let me continue very quickly here. We're talking about the kind of person that you don't have to beg them to give. You don't have to con them to give and you don't have to come up with gimmicks. They just live to give. These are the kind of people who can expect maximum and the highest level attainable. One, com one commentary says that they can expect to receive multiplied blessings without measure, without measure. So once again, we're talking about lifestyle. And then the second point I want to make in this, not only is it lifestyle, but consistency. Consistency. It's not give one year and then boy, you have a, you know, a supernatural visitation in your bathroom. And God inspires you to give again. No, we're talking about consistency. These are people that give or live to give. So consistency is a major factor to qualify for the maximum and the highest level attainable. Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. The message translation says, committed and persistent. Committed and persistent. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I hope that's you he's talking about. <laughs> Committed and persistent. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, let us not grow weary in well-doing. And the well-doing he's talking about in Galatians chapter 6 is sowing, giving. He's talking about being consistent. The message translation or the Amplified Bible says, don't lose heart, grow weary and faint. Once again, he's talking about consistency. The Passion Translation adds this, the wonderful harvest that you planted is coming. Hallelujah. The wonderful harvest that you planted is coming. Somebody shout, my harvest is on its way. And I'm expecting maximum and the highest level attainable. There comes a time when you're consistent that your consistency will penetrate a barrier and it will cause a divine flow. I'm going to say that again. There comes a time when you, when you are consistent that your consistency will penetrate a barrier and a divine flow will occur. A divine flow. I believe this is what Brother Copeland was seeing that he talked about in these meetings about that sack he described it. That bag, that sack. How many of you have ever... Uh, uh, where's the couple? I, I saw them earlier. You, you were, you're from California and you, you came from, uh, you came over to when we rented that house in California and helped with our celebration. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah, right here. They, they came, we rented a house and took the whole family to California and, uh, uh, they came over for a special party. Okay. And they brought over a what? A piñata. Yeah, they brought over a piñata. And they hung it up. And then all the grandkids, you know, they were blindfolded and they took a stick trying to do it. And somebody's raising it up and, and they're missing it, you know. And, and we all did it. And some of them hit it. But it didn't, it didn't burst. And so they kept hitting it. But it didn't burst yet. And the others kept hitting it. And it didn't burst yet. But boy, they're, they're making progress. You know, maybe one little piece of candy fell out from a little indention there. But because of the consistency, eventually it burst. And a divine flow began to take place, praise God. See, I see something happening this year in the body of Christ with consistent believers. All that sowing you've been doing, all that giving you've been doing, all that blessing you've been doing, you've been penetrating the pinata, so to speak, and there is a divine flow that is going to produce maximum results and the highest level attainable. So just keep at it. Don't give up. This is your year for it. So give the Lord your best shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Roberts, Richard's dad, which... I love dearly, served on his board for a number of years, and Richard and I have been dear friends for many, many years. He came to Kenneth Hagin's camp meeting one year, and Brother Hagin had him to preach. And he preached a message on the floodgates. 
talking about tithing and giving. And I'll never forget it. It made such an impact on my life. And he's talking about consistency, not just tithing once, not just giving once, but consistency. And Malachi, you know, says that, you know, the windows of heaven will open, pour out blessing upon you. There shall not be room enough to contain. And Brother Roberts led the whole crowd in this confession. He said, if you're consistent and you keep doing this, then eventually you're going to experience not a trickle, not a stream, not a river, but a flood. <laughs> Say it with me. Not a trickle, not a, trickle, not a stream, not a, stream not, a river, not a river, but a flood. But a flood. Say it with a little spunk in it. Not a trickle, not a river, not a stream, but a flood. And then Brother Roberts had us confess, I'm in flood stage. I'm in flood stage. Come on, shout it with me. I'm in flood stage. Hallelujah. Many of you, if you've been consistent, you may not want to sleep as much as you have in the past because you don't want to miss out on anything. Things are going to happen so fast. Going to make your head spin, praise God, as the message translation says. I've been experiencing some of the greatest harvest. Hallelujah. But I've been consistent all these years. Yes, yes. I, don't, I, don't, I don't give when I, only when I have an abundance. I give when I don't have anything. Amen. You, the, the, yeah. I, had, I had one office manager, general manager one time, and the Lord, like Brother Copeland said, the key issue and I was, I was in the early stages of my ministry and we were, we were having a lot of financial challenges. And I prayed. In fact, I went home, prayed, got, got out of the way from the ministry, went home, prayed and asked the Lord what to do. And he said, Give, uh, sell your airplane, this first airplane and divide the money between these two preachers that need it desperately. I wanted to say, well, Lord, uh, if I'm going to sell it, why don't I put it in my ministry? I need it desperately. No, that was not the key issue. It was sowing the airplane that needed to be done. It, that was the wisdom of God. So I went back to the office and I told my office manager, I said, uh, give me the title to my airplane. He said, are you going to sell it? We could use the money. I said, no, I'm going to sow it. He said, you can't do that. You can't do that. We need the money. I said, would you mind following me outside? So we walked outside and I stood under the sign on the building. And at that time we were known as Jerry Savelle Evangelistic Association. I said, would you read that to me? Jerry Savelle Evangelistic Association. I said, you don't tell me what to do. You work for me. I tell you what to do. He said, you can't afford to give that airplane away. I said, read that again. <laughs> Jerry Savelle Evangelistic Association. I said, not only am I going to give the airplane away, I'm going to give you away. <laughs> I'm going to sow you into somebody else's ministry. I don't need you around here. Don't tell me I can't give. That's the quickest way for you to lose your job. Don't tell me I can't give. Amen. And we gave, and God did what he said he would do, praise God. Hallelujah. 
And man, I'm telling you, we have, we have been experiencing flood stage for quite some time now. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting up every morning decreeing that I'm in the maximum. I'm in the highest level attainable. Why? Because anybody that knows us well, we have been consistent. It's flood stage, folks. Now, let me close it with this. I got six minutes. In 19, here's the way, here's one of the ways God's going to make it happen for us. In 1978, in Honolulu, Hawaii, full gospel businessmen convention, Charles Capps was one of the speakers. And the word of the Lord came to Charles. And I'm not going to read it all, just a portion of it, but here's what it said. Financial inversion will increase. The economy shall go up and down. And those who learn to walk in the word, they shall see prosperity come forth in a way that men have not seen in the past. Yes, there is coming a financial inversion in the world system. It's been held in, in reservoirs by wicked men, but the end is nigh. Those reservoirs shall be tapped and shall be drained for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You will see things that you've never dreamed would come to pass. He talked about a wealth transfer, and this was in 1978. It is 2023. We're getting closer and closer to the appearing of the Lord Jesus, the catching away of the saints. There's got to be a generation who experiences in this time, in this present age. Why can't it be us? That financial inversion has already begun and it's picking up momentum. I watched it happen with Brother Roberts back when he was believing God for that $8 million. Was it $8 million? And, uh, uh, you know, the world was on his case and a lot of lies were told. Brother Roberts called me and asked me to come to the prayer tower and pray with him. He said, we lack $1 million to having it met. And Brother Roberts was using a clinic that I was building in Kenya as a prototype. And he said, I want to I send doctors and nurses to the clinic there. And he said, the reason I'm believing for this $8 million is because these men and women, they're in such debt, you know, getting educated, getting their degrees and their license and to practice medicine and all. They can't leave America because they're so deep in debt. They got bills to pay. And I want this money to pay their debts off so we can put them on the mission field. Now, that was the, that was the bottom line for it, wasn't it, Richard? Of course, that's not what the press told the world. But anyway, uh, so there was one million left. And he said, come to the prayer tower and, and spend the day with me and let's pray that last million in. So I flew up there, went to the prayer tower. And when I went in, there was a man with him that I didn't know, I'd never met before. And Brother Roberts introduced him to me. And he was a man from Florida who owned dog racing tracks. Is this right, Richard? Dog racing tracks. And he was watching Brother Roberts and, and heard him say something like that on television and turned to his wife and said, well, I'm going to help that man. I'm going to take that last million up there. So he contacted the ministry and they arranged to meet 
And so he was there that morning before I got there. And he'd already given Brother Roberts the check for a million dollars. Amen. I, I turned to him and I said, Brother Roberts, this is another example yeah. of the wealth transfer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Proverbs says the wealth of the sinner has been laid up for the just. This is another example of it. And it's happening more and more frequently. The wicked are not going to be able to hold on to it because they got it by evil, devilish means. And the Bible says in the Amplified Bible, where it says in Proverbs, the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just, the Amplified says, and eventually it will come into their hands. Well, folks, I believe we have reached that place called eventually. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet and say, I believe it and I receive it. Are you ready to remove lack and break free from financial bondage? It's time to move to a higher level of God's blessing and goodness. Today's faith-filled offer, Maximizing Your Harvest Special Package, contains Jerry Savelle's inspiring book, Life of Faith, his mini-book, Sowing in Famine, and his eye-opening three-part audio series, Maximizing Your Harvest. Learn the keys to receiving the most out of your sowing and discover how God has plans to prosper you. In this package, Jerry teaches how to hold fast to your faith, how to identify financial bondage, how to remove lack, and what produces maximum blessing. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Maximizing Your Harvest special package. Don't just look at your seed. Look at what your seed can produce. Now is the time to trust God's Word and watch your seed produce a maximum harvest. Thank you so very much for joining me today. We appreciate you watching and we trust that the lessons that you have been listening to and observing today have been a tremendous blessing to your life. You know, God wants you to experience maximum results in every way, in every way possible, and particularly in your harvest. God wants you to experience His absolute best. You know, the Bible talks about 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. I believe 100-fold represents God's best. It's God's maximum, and that's what He wants you to experience. To help you reach that goal, we have put together a very special resource package for you. And one of the packages or one of the uh, resources in that package is my book entitled Sowing in Famine. I wrote this book way back in 1981, and it has some of the most powerful truths you will ever read in your life. This book has gone around the world. It has helped people throughout the nations. We're still getting testimonies today on what this book has done for multitudes of people all over the world, sowing in famine. And then also a three-part series entitled Maximize Your Harvest. Once again, God wants you to receive and experience the hundredfold maximum, the highest level attainable. This will tell you how to obtain that goal. And then it all is hinges on learning to live the life of faith. That's my book, Life of Faith. God wants you to live by faith. He wants you to experience what faith is, is called to experience. And that is, the Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Your faith will overcome every obstacle, every adversity, every attack of the enemy. You need to learn how to operate in faith, how to stay in faith, and how to grow your faith. This book will teach you how. If you like these resources, 
just look at the screen right now or go to our website, jerrysavelle.org, and it'll give you all the information on ordering it. And as soon as we receive your order, we'll send it to you just as quickly as we possibly can. Join with me again next week as we continue this study on maximizing your harvest. I look forward to seeing you then.